This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. I want to talk tonight a, a little bit about, uh, as we, we're doing a series called Positive Actions for Negative Times. I think, uh, I, I think no one debates the idea that we're living in times that are negative. And, you know, it seems like we just get through a, we actually we haven't even gotten through the, the, the coronavirus thing yet. And now we're on to uh, the racial divide that, that's, that's impacting our nation. And so as, we, as we're living in times like this, I think it's so important that we actually learn to do what the scriptures say when it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Because especially when things around you look kind of stinky, we need another way to walk. And so I, I want to I talk tonight a little bit about what I call the five, you know, the faith of the five, the, the faith five. When I was, um, oh, I think I was just out of college and they had the fab five who played basketball for uh, Minnesota, five freshmen did a, uh, for Michigan. Uh, don't send me emails. And uh, they, fab five, this is the, uh, the faith five. It's five guys who the Bible gives us a very, detail. In fact, there's, there's different accounts of these guys because what they did evidently was important enough for us to get it. You do realize, of course, that these things are in the Bible for, for a reason. They're not just to give us great historical understanding. They, they are for us to look at and go, okay, how can I take this? What can I learn from this? How can I learn from their experience? What can I learn from them? And all these things are written for our learning and instruction that we through comfort or patience and the comfort of the scriptures can have hope. And so we're going to talk about that. I want to read about these five guys. And we're going to read in Mark, the second chapter. And, and we'll tell the story here. And again, he, Jesus entered Capernaum and after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiving you. Which is easier. There were some just discussions. There. I'm, I'm going to jump to this. I'll come back to it later. And Jesus was having to talk to these, these Pharisees. He said, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the son of man, Jesus, has power on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all. So they were all amazed and they glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. This, uh, this is a good story. It's recorded for a reason. They teach us, they instruct us. There's, there's one thing I want, I want you to, to, to note. It does not name the five men. Oftentimes the Bible will give you a name of someone. It'll name someone who maybe is high ranking. Uh, like Jairus, who was a, uh, a high-ranking uh, priest. I think he was the, the chief priest in that area. So it, it will tell you a name. It tells you the name of Mary Magdalene. It'll tell you the name of Lazarus. Some of the people that we see frequently or they had a different status. When the Bible doesn't tell you anything about these five guys, we can just bet that they're just five guys, not the hamburger chain, the guys who brought the guy to, to Jesus. So five of them, four of them, carrying the guy who's paralyzed. And it doesn't tell us anything. And you say, well, what's the importance of that? I think the importance of that is there's nothing special about these guys. 
Sometimes when we read the Bible and we, we see people that do things, especially that, that act in faith or receive answers or miracles, sometimes it's easy in our mind to, to liken them to, well, they're just special. And we ha it's easy for us to have that mentality. We listen to someone play music and we go, well, they're just special. We don't even think how much they practice or how they worked on it. We see someone who's an athlete and we think well, they're special. And there are people who certainly have gifts and talents. But when the Bible gives us individuals, there's no one who is so special that we can't do some of the very same things. And that's, that's important to get because if you create a mental barrier in your mind of, oh, I could never do this. I, it didn't say these were five Bible school students or five preachers or five disciples. It's five guys. And so that's, that's just good to keep in mind. So these five guys come in and they're, they're hauling this guy to Jesus. I, I want to give you two beliefs that they, they embraced. Two beliefs that these five guys embraced. Here's the first one. They had to believe that Jesus could heal their friend. Now you say, well, how do you know that? Well, I, I think without that belief, they'd have never shown up. If you didn't believe it, you don't believe in healing. You're, you're not going to go and <laughs> you're, you're certainly not going to pursue it. And so they believed that Jesus could, that Jesus had the ability to heal their friend. That was, that was a belief. Now, here's the second belief they had. They had to embrace this belief that Jesus was good. That he was basically a good person and that he would be good to them and their friend. Say, is that important? Well, yes, it's important. It's important because if your mentality of God is that he's not good, then it makes it very difficult to even come to him. If you don't believe God can do anything in your life, then you're not, why pray? But if we believe God's powerful, and he is. If we believe God can do amazing things, and he can, then it gives us a basis, a basis for faith. Here are two very key things that we need to believe. It's found in Hebrews, the 6, 11 chapter, verse 6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Two things we got to believe about God. First thing we have to believe is God is. He's real. He is the maker of heaven and earth. I heard someone say just a few months ago, I have loved it. I'm adopting it. It's now mine. If you believe Genesis 1-1, the rest of the Bible's no problem. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you can believe that, then the rest of this should not be a problem to you. But our God who is, who's real, who exists, who created the heavens and the earth, he's an awesome big God and he's real. And so sometimes when people rail and say, well, if God's real, prove it to me. No, no, no. If you're going to come to God, you just got to make that step of faith believing he is. Here's the second thing you got to believe. You have to believe he's good. You know, the Bible said in, in Hebrews, we just read that passage, said he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, if God's a rewarder, that means he's not the punisher. Even notice he's not the punisher of those. I, I grew up in, in, in the, and there was always a little bit of this fear of God. I mean, my, I think my mother's favorite verse were, your sins will find you out. And she quoted that one a lot. And so you know, I kind of grew up with that. And I grew up with a little bit of, of the fear of God. And, and, and maybe some of that wasn't bad. I grew up in the, uh, in the 70s. Drugs were big in the 70s. I never did hallucinogenic drugs. I had friends that did. I didn't do it. 
because I was afraid that, that if anyone's going to have a bad experience, it would be me that God would be angry at me. And I just kind of had the belief that, that God really was looking to punish me. And if I stepped out of line, because my mom said, you remember your sins will find you out. She told me that a lot. And so I'm thinking, man, I just, I just want to keep a low profile. I had, I had a horrible cussing mouth. Man, I cussed a lot. I put very large phrases together. I just thought I was a great cusser. You know the one, the one, the word I would not use? I would, make, I would not take God's name in vain. And the reason I was is because I was scared. And I, I thought, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. You know, God, do something to me. Well, since then, I've modified my views. But I think that's a kind of a common view. You know, sometimes the, there's lightning and people go, oh, you know, God, or there's thunder. I've said things sometimes in church and you've heard thunder and everyone's like, whoa, that's God backing you up. Yeah, that's, and we get that mentality. And yet the Bible said that he's a rewarder. How often do we talk about that? Oh, God's a rewarder. He's good. He's a rewarder. He rewards me. He's because I'm, I'm diligently seeking him. Aren't you glad? And say that, that God is sitting there with his arms crossed in kind of a neutral position. And you better be good enough to get him to move in your direction. And actually said, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now that's important because keeping those two things in mind will help you. And that a belief in God's goodness helps us stay in this walk of faith. I'll show you a favorite verse of mine. It's in Psalms 27, 3. And it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And isn't that a good verse? That man, when all this stuff was going on with this virus, I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When all this stuff is going on and it seems like our nation is so divided and so torn and so everyone's angry, I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When things get difficult in life, sometimes you have a tendency to lose heart unless you believe you're going to see the goodness of the Lord. Not when you get to heaven. The land of the living is now. And that belief, man, that can hold you. I believe these five guys saw that Jesus, they'd heard about Jesus and they heard he was healing people. He did miracles and he could work a miracle for Bubba, their friend who's paralyzed. And they believe that Jesus was good. I'm going to show you why in just a moment, but you got to believe someone's good. You got to believe someone is open towards you. Someone would be good to you. You know, if, you, if you've ever worked with somebody that was kind and good towards you, you don't have a problem approaching it. It's the mean, nasty boss that you run away from. But if we believe God's good, man, it makes it so much easier to come to him. It makes this walk of faith so much easier than we've made it. Didn't say it's going to be easy, but it, it certainly makes it easier. So let's take a look at some of the characteristics of faith. These are characteristics that, that we see in these five guys. The first one we see, it says that Jesus saw their faith and so faith is visible. Now, this was not a mystical skill or an attribute that only Jesus had. You might read this and go, well, he's Jesus and he could see their faith. No, their faith was actually visible. He could see their faith because he watched what they did. This was not just like a, 
Oh, Jesus could see faith because he was amazing. Remember, he, he laid aside his power and glory. He operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. He, he pers- now, here's another thing. He, 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 didn't, he said he didn't perceive it. He saw it. Now, I want to show you just a, a contrast of that. It's, it's found in that same passage. When Jesus told that, told that paralytic, he told Bubba the paralytic, he said, Bubba, he said, your sins are forgiven you. He said, he said, well, that made the Pharisees mad. There are a bunch of Pharisees and teachers of the law. All the religious leaders were there in the room. I mean, they'd come from all over. So all the religious bigwigs were there. You get a lot of religious people in one room. Whew, that's some kind of room. So Jesus said, he told Bubba his sins were forgiven and, everybody, and, and all these guys got mad. They started reasoning in their hearts. And look what happens here in Mark. It said some of the scribes are sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? They're talking about Jesus like this. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They said, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your, I'm certain, I'm sure there's the word heart in there, but yeah, trust me, in your hearts. Why do you say that? He perceived that. These, these guys are sitting there probably with a smile on their face, but they're reasoning their hearts going, wow, he's blaspheming. And the Bible said Jesus perceived it. He perceived it in his heart. He, he, he got a witness in his heart. Just, you know, ever, ever had a hunch where you just all of a sudden perceived that something was going on and you know, maybe that was the Holy Spirit witnessing to you. You just picked it up in your heart. Huh. And, and, and people say, man, I had a hunch about that. Well, Jesus looked over these guys, but why are you guys reasoning in your heart? He picked it up. But that's not what he said about the five guys. But then he said he saw their faith. So their faith is visible. So here's the thing. Our faith is revealed in our actions. It's our actions that reveal faith. Look what James said. James was writing to, actually that is not the verse I needed. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to punt here and go with, stand by, technical difficulty. Ah, no wonder it's James 2.18. So that wasn't the tech guy's fault. That's mine. It says, someone say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works or your action and I will show you my faith by my works. So he's saying that our, our, faith, our actions reveal our faith. It's actions, not our feelings. Now, faith is not dependent and our faith is not dependent on feelings and emotions. Now this will help you. If you're waiting for this overwhelming feeling of faith to come up in you, uh, that doesn't necessarily happen. Faith is an action. In fact, James says, well, you're talking about your faith. He said, you show me your faith without your works. He said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. You know, many of you came and maybe you're watching tonight and you're watching it live. Well, you came in, you shut things down and you cut it on. That was, that was in a sense an act of your faith. You believe that this time will help you. So you believe that, you're acting on that. As people come back to church, what are they doing? They believe that we ought not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's what the scripture said. So we act on that. Now, now does everyone always feel like it? No. And that's, the, that's a big distinction that we need to make. You don't have to have a feeling of faith to act. You can act without feeling. Now listen, we have gotten so caught up in, in our culture with your feelings that we have so much equated feelings with reality. Listen, feelings do not have to be reality. You know that 
because a lot of you who are going back to work, you don't feel like going back to work. But you realize, I need to do this. So you get up, you, put it, you get dressed, you put a smile on your face, and you show up. Even though you may not feel like it, and then you jump in to your work. Of course, some of you have been home so long with your family that going to work is the greatest thing you could do. In fact, you feel wonderful about that. But the idea behind it is, I don't have to have a feeling. And if you'll understand that, that, that is great. I, I don't, well, you know, if you wake up every, every, every Sunday morning and decide whether you feel like going to church or not, it's, you're going to be up like this the whole time. So I always tell people, make the decision Saturday night. We're going. So you get up Sunday morning. Well, I don't necessarily feel like it. Well, you go anyway. Faith is not based on, faith based on God's word, not on your feelings. And so our best actions, so let me get that. Our best actions are based on good choices. Best actions are based on good choices. Our best choices are based on good beliefs. Our best actions are based on good choices, not feelings. When this coronavirus thing hit and, and things shut down for us in the church, I was reading something one, one afternoon and it just really stood out to me. And it was talking about getting up early. And I realized that I'd kind of slipped in, in the getting up early. So I decided I'm going to change that because I'm a morning person and my morning time is my best time. It's my best creative time, my best thinking time, best prayer time. No one calls me really, really early. It's a great time. So I decided I'm going to get up. The problem with getting up early is if you don't make a decision to do it, you ain't going to do it. And when I was reading this article, the author said this. He said, if you can handle getting up early and dealing with feeling lousy for five minutes, he said, it'll, it'll change your life. Of, and he's talking about the increased productivity that you have if you get up early. So I started getting up, and, and Joy usually is an early riser, but we started getting up together, but we made the choice to do it. You know exactly, man, that, that alarm would go off and it still goes up. Now it's a habit. We've, just, we've been just, we're, we're in it, and we're doing it. And now I'll almost roll out of bed just automatically, but I had to form a new habit. But you know, when I first, when I first made that decision, I didn't, boy, they were so right. I felt lousy for five minutes. If you get up, drink some water, grab some coffee, after a while, it just becomes like clockwork. What happened? I, I based it on a choice. Best actions are based on choices. And the best choices are based on what we believe. And that's why the scriptures are so important. You know, I can and you can choose to act exactly like God says you are. He says that you're a new creation. You can choose to act like that. He says that you've been set free from the, from the law of sin and death. You can choose to act like that. He says, you can rejoice in the Lord. You can choose. We can choose. It's a choice. And I don't have to have any feelings. And here's what I found. If I'll make the choice based on what I believe, feelings will follow. That's always a, an important thing. I can't be led by feelings. Feelings are a lousy leader. They're a good follower. These guys made a decision and the Bible said that Jesus saw their faith. So that's one of the things we see about faith is our faith is visible. And so you see that. You can hear it in someone's voice. You can see it in their actions. It's visible. Here's the second one. Faith helps us push past the challenges in life that crop up. And they're always cropping up. We always have challenges. Now here's the first one. Five could have seen the crowd and turned around. Could have been discouraged. Here they are. They're, they're bringing Bubba. They're carrying Bubba. You know, they got four of them. They're carrying They come up and they're like, Oh man, ever been to a place and you look and you, and, and 
Like you go to a restaurant or something and you pull in the restaurant, you see people standing outside and sitting around and you're thinking, oh man. And you go up and they say, oh yeah, that's going to be an hour and a half wait. I don't know about you, I'm done, I'm out. And so these guys could have, could have walked up, they could have been, been so excited, they come around the corner and they see all these people. They could have immediately been discouraged. So we can never get through there. But these guys had faith. They believed that Jesus could heal their friend. They believed that Jesus would be good to them. So they were able to push past the discouragement. How about this? How about, how about them being offended? The Bible said they could not get through the crowd. So evidently they tried. So here they are. They got Bubba. They're like, excuse me, excuse me. Got, got, we got to get Bubba to Jesus. And there are probably people standing there just like, Forget it. I've got to get to Jesus too, man. I, I've got arthritis. You need to back away from me. And so they're trying to get to Jesus. They got their friend. They're trying to get. No one's, no one's giving them any room. And no one's allowing them to get through. How many of you know, if, if someone's not allowing you to do what you want to do, do you realize sometimes you can get offended and get angry? And they could have gotten angry. They probably were talking to one another. I don't know who he thinks he is. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, man, I, and probably some of the friends had to talk him off the ledge and go, no, 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 no. We have got to get Bubba to Jesus. So you're going to have to chill on that. We'll come up with another way. Could have been offended. Could have been, could have been hurt. And boy, that's so, that's so easy to do. But keep in mind too, they also had a greater cause. They believed that what they were doing was going to help their friend. If we believe that we're a part of something bigger than us, that makes it easier to push past discouragement and being offended. Here's the other one. Busting through the roof was not as easy as it sounds. You know, I, I, I was reading this, this passage and this thought came to me. These stories were not written in a vacuum. These are real people. It's not like these guys walked up, they saw the crowd and went, oh, we're going to the roof. And they went to the... the there was probably some discussion. Can we get through this crowd? They're trying to push through the crowd and then they had to back up. But no, we can't do it. And somebody had an idea. What if we go to the roof? Man, we can't go to the roof. We, we can't. We, we go to the roof. We, we know about where Jesus is. We, we can move the tiles out of the way. We can break his tiles. We can move the tiles out of the way. We can break through this. Man, we can't do that. No, somebody had an idea. They probably had a discussion. No, Seriously, we can't do it. Yet we can do that. No, we, how else are we going to get Bubba to Jesus? I don't know. Can we, I don't know when he's going to be back. They probably had a big discussion. But they decided to do something that was hard. You know, going up, carrying Bubba up, the, up the, the, to the roof and then busting through the roof, that's not easy. That's not easy at all. But they were willing to do this. Look, they were willing to try and risk failure rather than go home without trying. Faith looks for a way, not a way out. Faith says, I'm going to do that. How does that, how does it apply to us? That means in, in our life, when we hit chances to be discouraged, happens to all of us. When we hit opportunities to be offended. Oh, that happened. There are so many people offended right now. All America's offended. And everyone's offended. Everyone's, they're mad, offended. Can I tell you, that's not going to help you at all. We're going to have to push past that. We've got a job to do. We've got to reach people. We can't, be, we can't live offended all the time. And we're going to have to face some things that are hard. 
If someone ever told you that life was going to be easy, they lied to you. It's not. It's got difficulties and things happen. But thank God we have faith in God that keeps us steady and able to push past these things. Look at this verse. Let's see if I got this verse right. It's in Thessalonians. Oh, yeah. Here we go. And sit, Paul's writing, he said, We sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. He said, we're going to send Timothy to you, Paul said, and we're going to, why? Because Timothy can, can encourage your faith. That's what I'm doing tonight. To strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith. Why? So that you're not shaken. It didn't say that he's going, to, he's going to build your faith up so you'll never go through any difficult times. He didn't say that. He said that when the difficult times come, when the discouragement comes, when the offense comes, when the hard things come, you're not moved by it. You're not shaken by it. You're able to push past it. Isn't that good? We can, we can trust God that we have a faith in him. Remember, he's, he's real and he's good. And he can help us push past these things. So, that was the second thing. The faith helps us push past the challenges that crop up. And then here's the, here's the third one. Faith helps us overcome fears of this life. Now, the, there's other stories of, of, of other um, writers, uh, Matthew and Luke, tell us that, that when Jesus was speaking, all those leaders there, they were Pharisees and scribes. They were the religious leaders of the day. Now, the idea that that these guys are going to break through Jesus' roof in the middle of his teaching, because he's preaching and teaching to them. They're going to break through his roof and drop their friend down in the middle of it. You know they're going to have to deal with the idea that, that these, these religious leaders, and listen, these guys were not like a modern-day pastor. These were like the county judges or the mayors of cities. They had a lot of power, and they could really wreak some havoc in your life if you got on their bad side. In fact, a big concern during Jesus' time was that people would be thrown out of the temple. They, do, they couldn't be a part of that social network. So here these guys were. They had to get over the fear of, of repercussions from powerful people. Here's another fear they had to get over. How about all the people that are trying to get to Jesus? They're all crowding around the door. The people wouldn't let them in. These guys go up on the roof. They're breaking up the roof and, and interrupting what Jesus is doing. You think everyone's happy with that? I think they're all going, oh, praise God. Look at these guys breaking up the roof. Going to let Bubba down. Isn't that wonderful? We'll all wait for that. No, no, no. You know, they had to push past the idea of what will people think. Is that, is that something we still have to deal with today? Of course it is. We still have to deal with what will people think if I say this. There's a lot of social pressure. I was in a place the other day and everyone was wearing a mask and I wasn't wearing a mask. They're looking at me like I grew a third eye. That's all right. I'm just smiling. Bless them. Bless y'all. Bless your hearts. But I was, you, you sense social pressure and people put pressure on. These guys could have felt the social pressure. Here, here's the third thing they had to deal with. What is Jesus going to think about this? I mean, there, here's, here's where you got to believe he's good. Now, we have reason to believe that this was Jesus' house. You know, Jesus moved from Nazareth. He moved to Capernaum. That was his city. And the Bible said he was in the house. So if it wasn't his, it's where he stayed all the time. And this was his house. And they, they, it's not like he had a skylight. They broke through the roof. 
and they dropped him down. You know they had to be thinking, man, I hope Jesus is as good as everybody says he is because we're, we're about to mess up his teaching right here. There's probably dust and stuff falling on Jesus and they dropped him down. But Jesus was good. And their faith, that he could heal their friend, he could do something about it, that enabled them to push past the fears that are in life. Boy, does that work for us today? Yeah, it does. I want to read a verse. I, I was reading this over the last couple of months. I really like this. It's in Isaiah 51, 12 through 13. And, and the Lord is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people. He said, I, even I, talking about God, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die and the son of a man who will be made like grass? And you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid out the foundations of the earth. I'm just going to stop it right there. Did you catch that? He said, I'm the one that comforts you. I'm the one that's good to you. Who are you that you're, you're fearing? He said, a man that will die. But that's a, and you forget the Lord, your maker. He said, I made the heavens and the earth. That, isn't that a powerful thought? If, if, as our concept of God gets bigger in our own heart, what we're going to find is that our fear of what people think begins to diminish. Because we're thinking, you know, it, God, <laughs> he's, he's bigger. All of us, we all get older and we leave. We die. Nobody stays here forever. But God, he's forever. He's the maker of heaven and earth. And like he said, I'm the one who comforts you. You know, even in these difficult times and negative times, we have a heavenly father who's good, who comforts us, who's our maker, who's the maker of heaven and earth. He's a big God and he's a good God. As our faith grows, it, it, it becomes visible. You see it. You can see it in your face. You can see it in your actions. You can see it as you push past feelings and feelings no longer dominate you. You can see it when discouragement and obstacles and challenges don't stop you. You can begin, and listen, this is a growth, this is a process, but it's a wonderful, wonderful process. The faith five. You know what? I want to be one of those. And you say, you know, he's, Alan's one of that group. I'd, I'd like to think I would have been one carrying Bubba up on the roof and busting it in to get him to Jesus. You know, that's what we do here as a church. We're not busting through the roof, but we're busting through the junk and the negativity that's in this area because we want to reach as many people as we can and bring them to Jesus. I'm going to say a prayer with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, this would be a wonderful time to do it. You know, he's still good. He still heals. He still delivers. He still sets free. And he's still good to us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you've never said, Lord, I, I want to give you my life, or maybe you've done that and you've gotten away from him, and you know in your heart, I, I need to come back. Well, we're going to say this prayer. And this is your opportunity to pray. If you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with other people, and you just pray it quietly, but pray it. And this will be good. You can bow your heads, and we'll, we'll pray this prayer together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you 
as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. And let me pray for you. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer, for the ones who stepped right out of darkness into your marvelous light, and to the ones who've come back, come back into the light. Father, we're, we rejoice with them. We're so thankful. Such a, just a regular Wednesday night, but it's a night that changes their life forever. And we're glad to be a part of that. Father, for the rest of us, thank you. And we don't have to be special to walk by faith. We just have to choose to believe you and your word and your spirit in our lives. Thank you for that. I pray that you would strengthen and bless your people, those who are listening, that they're not shaken by the things that are going on in life, but they're able to stand strong. We give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer with us tonight, there's a, there should be a little button uh, on whichever venue that you're watching that you can click and say, hey, I, I raised my hand. Or if you want to contact us, we'd be glad to get you a Bible. We're going to pray for you. You can even text the word in to 313131 and we'll get some, a video to you and some information to you that would be a blessing. So if you'd like to do that, go ahead and do it. Hey, let me, let me bless you before we go. This is a blessing that we've been just, just sharing. It says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.